Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 278, I look back at the top five most downloaded episodes. I often get asked by people what my favourite episodes are and I struggle to answer because that would be like picking a favourite child. In this episode, we revisit highlights from each of our top five all-time podcast episodes. This is Be The Drop Top Tips from our top five. Have you ever heard of brand storytelling but have no idea where to start when it comes to implementing it into your business? Sign up for our free Storytelling for Business email program. We give you the tools to develop strong brand messaging, grab your customers' attention and how to create a positive sales experience. Register for our free email program to learn how to engage your audience and turn them into customers via narrativemarketing.com.au slash storytellingforbusiness or access the link via the show notes. In fifth place is episode 198, Rebellion and Creative Branding with Matt Manier. In episode 198 of Be The Drop, Matt Manier, co-founder of creative agency BAD, discusses the similarities between creative marketing and skateboarding. He also reveals his top tips to help businesses future-proof themselves for success by challenging the status quo through impactful creative branding. You ask any 10-year-old learning to skateboard, it doesn't matter what they read or what they watch or what someone else tells them, you have to do it yourself. You've got to stand on the board, understand where your balance sits, then start moving, then start trying things. And that's, for me, what pure creativity really is. It takes time to Mm. craft your identity. And like I said, concrete doesn't lie. You've got to hurt yourself and you've got to keep pushing yourself further and further and further down the uh, whatever, the proverbial footpath. Yeah, I know, but I really love that. And for me personally that resonates because it's always been through doing that I learn the most. I mean I still I love reading and yep. taking on board new information. Absolutely. But then I've got to personally put it into practice and pull the bits that work for me. 100%. And so then for you, you've now your agency is called BAD. Yes, so I just figured it was a cool skateboard yeah, brand. <laughs> could be, but also, you know, so so what is that? Like, what? Why is bad the new good? Well, I think if something's going to stand out or something challenges the norm, the mass look at it as a negative. Often, right? It's it's very rare that something really revolutionary rocks up and everyone goes, "Wow, that's amazing." We'll judge it because it challenges our viewpoint. And again, that ties right back to the creative thing. If you're going to really crack something, you've got to come at it with a bit of an attitude. Now, we always sort of said the fundamentals are sort of risk, rebellion, and attention to really try and cut through in market. And and you know, we had this sort of brave and dangerous, bold and different, big and disruptive. We had all these sort of you know breakdowns for it. But these days, I guess um, somewhat safely, it's purely branding, advertising, and design. But with that ethos. You know, the bad guys are always the ones that people look at. You know, the black-hatted cowboy was always the, oh, that's mysterious and that's interesting. Mm. And so we wanted to be the outliers and, and, and for us it's worked really well. 
But in conclusion, though, we haven't quite finished. Cool. Because we need to finish with Matt's be the drop tip. So that's your top tip for communication that motivates and inspires action. For me, it is tell the truth. You know, warts and all sometimes. I think you would be surprised how valuable the truth is. Failures, communicate them. Wins, communicate them. You know, progression. That's why we're seeing brands that are going from ground zero with an audience to amazing places because they're able to tell the truth. They don't have to hide and shy away. If you've got the opportunity or, or you're brave enough to tell the truth, do it. In fourth place is episode 206, Gender Equality in the Workplace with Anneli Blundell. In episode 206 of Be The Drop, Annalie Blundell speaks knowledgeably and passionately about gender equality in the workplace and the unconscious bias women and men experience every day due to their gender. She also reveals the key to good leadership, whether you're male or female. Well, it's been quite interesting. When I first started, I was predominantly working with the women across organisations and within organisations. Um, and so as someone who's setting out to change the way we have conversations both between the women themselves and between the women and their organisations, it was really interesting to me how much uh, it became apparent that the real conversation needed to be between the men and the women in the organisations. I mean, it probably seems obvious on the surface, but one of the things I'm noticing is that it's not just about... Um, people who believe that a discussion around gender equality is the right thing to do. Uh, There's lots of good people out there who are for the conversation and who believe in the movement, if you like. But it's not really just about people who are good people who believe in gender equality because what you believe is not as important as how you behave in the workplace. And unfortunately, as humans, we're all biased. So it doesn't matter how much you want things to be equal and you want things to be fair. The truth of the matter is a lot of the bias that we're facing and a lot of the issues that the women are facing are actually stuck within the systems and the policies and the legacies of times gone by. Mm. And that's really hard to catch. That's this whole domain of second generation bias. And, you know, I've definitely seen that and experienced that, but that's such a big sort of scope. How do you start looking at and how do you have conversations with with leaders about that? From my perspective, I feel like my contribution to this conversation is to make it practical and accessible. So there's a lot of wonderful research out there. There's a lot of great movements happening to sort of forward this conversation. What I'm seeing happen as a result of that is uh, people sort of entering into the conversation in a way that makes me feel like they haven't necessarily understood the practical application of the beliefs or a way to really forward that conversation. So as an example, I'm someone who takes a practical perspective of this conversation. So rather than saying, men, you should get involved in this conversation, it's the right thing to do, I believe most men would think that it's the right thing to do. And it's very rarely nowadays that we have men actually walk around going, women should be in the kitchen. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are some and they are out there, but it's, it's, it's less and less. So it's really this idea of how do we make it practical and accessible for someone who already believes that they're doing the right thing and already believes that gender equality and the narrative of the conversation we're having right now is important. 
but can't necessarily see how they are accidentally contributing to the status quo. If you can't bring out the best in the people around you and have them be better than what you'll ever be, then you haven't done your job as far as I'm concerned. And when it comes to this issue of gender equality and inclusive leadership, there are a couple of specific things that leaders can do. One of the things is really cultivating the ability to see beyond the surface behaviour. As humans, one of the things we do is judge. So I look at you and I see you frowning in the meeting or I see you really quiet and you're never making a contribution and it's very easy for me to say she doesn't have anything to say. Where the truth might be that you've got a million things to say but you're finding it difficult to break into the conversation and you've been taught as a child that people with good manners don't cut into conversations unless invited. So you sit there, well-mannered, waiting to be invited. So my job as a leader, as an inclusive leader, to bring out the best in you is to create the environment where you feel comfortable to contribute your genius. So if that means I need to do something a little differently and structure the meeting, as an example, in a way that makes time for you, that's what I need to do. Mm, and it's so important. I love that, that flexibility around who you're communicating with and how you want to bring them with you. Third place for the bronze medal is episode 102, How to Build a Successful YouTube Channel with Muzelk. Elliot Watkins, better known online as Muzelk, is a 22-year-old YouTuber based in Sydney. With over 6.3 million YouTube subscribers and nearly 1.8 billion video views since launching his channel, Muzelk has established international credibility as a YouTube content creator. But what does it take to build a successful YouTube channel? How do you create initial momentum to attract subscribers and grow your channel? Muzelk's channel grows on average by 18,000 subscribers daily and averages 4 million views per day, as per stats from Social Blade. So I was thrilled to sit down with him at Hybrid World Adelaide to get his thoughts on how to crack YouTube success. You know, is this what you expected? Oh no, I, I loved, I always loved, you know, YouTube and I always loved, I had favourite YouTubers, I was, you know, obsessed with some channels, like watched them every single day. And it was one of those things where growing up I was like, man, being a YouTuber would be awesome, but you know, kind of the same way that you can like music but never realistically consider that that's probably, that you know, you could become like, like a proper musician. You just kind of still do it because you enjoy it. With games for me, I didn't, when I first started uploading videos, it was never like trying to become a YouTuber. I was just uploading like, little clips and tutorials and like just stuff that I found fun to have as a hobby. Yeah and I mean like it's it does it sounds like a lot of fun you know you're playing you're making a living playing video games very cool but I kind of feel like there's a bit of hard work that goes into it like it, it you know if it was easy everyone would be doing it so maybe like you know what's the the hours that go go into this? It's pretty much seven days a week so like when I get home tonight from this it'll be back to recording and everything uh, normally I'll start recording at um, about you know lunchtime say 12 p.m. Normally I'll keep recording until about 8 p.m. so you know six or eight hours of kind of recording with like maybe a little break in the middle uh, and then normally edit from about 8 p.m. till midnight and then you're rendering videos and then you got to make a thumbnail that normally takes about an two hours a lot of the time because they're really important so normally I'll be pretty much working straight from 12 until about 3 or 4 a.m. and that's normally when I just schedule the video, go to sleep, 
wake up at 10 a.m. the next day, have breakfast and start at 12 all over again. So it's a lot of hours, but it's, it's obviously it's a job that, you know, is so fun. And I really enjoy like trying to create something new every day. You know, I think there's a huge number of positive to games that I think, and I think people are beginning to see more and more. And obviously, like we were saying, balance key, very important. Yeah. But also I, I'm, I'm hoping there's a bit more awareness of like the positivity that can come out of it because honestly games are incredible. One of the hard things about getting into YouTube is that everyone can do it. Ultimately, it just comes down to you either need to be the best at what you're doing, which is very hard considering there are these professionals who have been doing it for years now on YouTube. So I think the real thing you've got to try and do is just be unique. What's something I can bring to YouTube content that no one else can? And if you can offer something unique, then that's what's going to make people actually want to see more from you. Second place for the silver medal is episode 51, Relaunching Your Life and Starting a Business with Juliet Lever. Today, I'm looking at second chances. As my guest this week, Juliet Lever, has built her business around them. After turning her life around and totally transforming who she was, Juliet now coaches others on how to let go of the past and renew their life. Her book, Relaunch My Life, shares the story of her own personal journey. And it's also a reference manual for her and her clients as she guides them through their own transformational journeys. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Juliet talks about getting a second chance at life, the power of story to connect with people and the harsh reality of going from a six-figure salary to starting a small business. This is Juliet's version of Be The Drop. Now, to get the ball rolling, you've got your item of significance and that's something that connects you with your community. So if you could explain what that is, please. Yes, I've brought my book, Relaunch My Life, along with me today uh, because literally it is what connects me, my story and my voice to my community and all of the clients that I work with, all the ladies that come to my retreats and the people that you know connect with me, it's a beautiful way for them to understand my philosophy, my journey, but also for them to have takeaways that can really help them in their life where they're at. I, I realise that I can be of most service to the world and the people that I work with when I am standing in my truth and who I really am and if mm. I'm letting fears and you know insecurities hold me back mm. I am like less effective in life and I'm less able to sort of rise up to the occasions and the opportunities that are mm. here for us all so yeah I, I believe that um, part of my transformation is in sharing that message and inspiring others that they can make big changes in their life and feel so much better as yeah. a result yeah as far as your community goes how do you use that story then your story to connect with your community wow uh <laughs> great question I, I i love social media and mm -hmm. i love doing facebook lives and in like different facebook groups that i have as well it's really beautiful for me to be able to refer back to the book and specifically one of the sections in it on um you know reconnecting to your soul and there's an activity within the book that i can guide people towards that may come up in something that i'm educating my community on yeah at um the retreat the women's retreat that i ran last weekend we went through a couple of the processes in the book together as a group and that was really powerful because for the women who had read it on their own they got to experience the processes with a group and, and experience what other women were going through mm. when they had that so it's a really beautiful way of having a, 
an external item that can be used to create a bond within a group, yeah. be it over the internet or in person. Yeah. I have one of the exercises actually in my book about finding your worth and finding your value. And mm. one of the exercises is to think about something that you absolutely love to do. Um, for me, it's like walking on the beach with my partner and our dog. And I, and I get my clients to think about, or in the book, how much would someone have to pay you to take that activity away from you for one day? So you can't do that. One thing that you love to do, maybe it's read your kid's bedtime story or you know something like that, right? How much would someone have to pay you to take that time, that hour away from your day and for you to still feel energetically in alignment with that? Mm. That's an indicator as to you know whether you're being paid what you're worth. And in first place for the gold medal position is episode 52, From Starting to Building a Business with Marcus Booth Remmers. I love chocolate. I especially love high-quality, deliciously creamy chocolate served with a smile. This is what my guest this week, Marcus Booth Remmers, delivers at Red Cacao. From a simple love of chocolate, a passion for the technicality and complexity of being a chocolate-focused pastry chef, to starting his business, Marcus has built Red Cacao into a destination chocolate shop and cafe in the Adelaide Hills. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Marcus talks about how important it is to tell a consistent brand story, how every element of your business from staff retention to your own personal branding feeds into that and reveals some real nuggets of wisdom around starting a business from scratch. You talked about the, the com, you know, the complication and then mm. the sophistication around chocolate. Yep. You know, what is it that really drives you to keep you know, keep going in business because mm. business is hard and yep. starting a new business is very yep. challenging. Yep. So, you know, what keeps you going in that? I haven't done any business courses. I've got no management sets, skill sets or anything like that. I've purely been in kitchens. Um, so it was a massive learning curve for me, like huge to, st and that's where it started. I, I chose this spot, small little location. I thought, you know, I'll just sell one or two truffles a day and I'll be out the back making chocolates and that'll be good fun. Uh, <laughs> Very quickly, it turned into being popular, which was great. But it suddenly meant that you know, there was staff to employ, there was payroll, there was you know looking after marketing, new products, all of these other things started coming into play. About that, what is your mm. communication methods, and you know what yep. really works as far as you know mm. growing the business messages? Yep, uh, word of mouth is still number one. It's key. Yeah, it's having consistent staff allows. Yeah, a customer come through, they might speak to that person, then when they come back, the same person's there, so the story can continue. So that same conversation that was had can, can grow, and then that'll be communicated to more people, and that's, I think, where we, as a hub of, of the community, um, come into it. What we've tried to develop now, since you know I'm not on the floor every day, is that the staff have got somewhere to go with that information, so that they don't just receive it from a customer and then not pass it on. That we will document it, so then they can write it down. So if the customer's got a suggestion or if there's an idea or something, that can actually get can, that whole process can continue as well. Yeah. Um, and being quick to respond, I think as well, like you need to be able to not just let things go. For if someone's talking about something, it, it's because it's important to them. And you need to respect that as well. In yep. the end, there are customers, and without our customers, we don't have a business. Mm. So, anything that you have to portray a story or an experience with the product, um, having a hot chocolate on its own is not enough, or having a great piece of chocolate is not enough. You might remember that, but you're going to more remember the conversation you had with your friend, um, the environment, the service that you received. We're, we, we remember experiences, 
So I think that's something that we've, we've really concentrated in trying to create, is when you walk through this door, you have an experience. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.